guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Duke Basketball Junkies. I am your uh, unworthy host, Michael Exet, joined today by my unworthy co-host, Peter, the hitman, Roe, no limit, limit, hold them specialist. How you feeling, Peter? I'm sad, Mike. What are you, what are you sad about? I'm sad because we're pretty close to the end of the, end of the season, and... As we know from the last 25 years, or however long, season ends so quickly. We got one regular season game left, an ACC tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. And we've been cheated as Zion for the last three or four games. I mean, it's sad. It's a little, it's a little sad that, that, that we, we missed this stretch of Zion play. We've had to come back to earth and, and, and sort of be but, governed by the regular right. rules of Basketball Normal. thermodynamics. Yes. But before the Wake Forest game, I thought we were playing really well. Despite the, the close loss at Virginia Tech, I thought everyone was stepping up and playing well. Wake Forest was, was, just came out of nowhere. It was a really flat game, a really flat first half. Um, I think the Wake Forest athletic director retired or quit right before the game, which tends to indicate that Danny Manning might be gone. So you would expect Wake Forest to come in sort of flat, sort of gloomy, sort of like NC State last year or two years ago when their coach was going to be gone. But they came out and they they just brought it. And we, we seemed awfully careless and sort of cavalier in the first in the first half. People were I think I think that our players assumed we were gonna win and so we didn't value each possession. We weren't executing. And it was a game down the stretch. It was sort of crazy. This team should not be with us. Wake Forest should not be giving us a game. Yeah, even without Zion, we at home we, we should you know we should handle Wake Forest more easily than we did. And clearly, the team uh, struggled for stretches, uh, rallied at the end. I thought they really fought hard. And like, you know, sometimes you just don't play good, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just don't play good. Sometimes the breaks go against you. Cam Reddish was in foul trouble. I wonder how that happened. And uh, charges. Chart, he's out of control. He's literally out of control I don't all think, the time. I don't think I've ever seen someone <laughs> pick up three first half charging fouls. And what was incredible about it is we were just talking about this in the last podcast is, you know, he only dribbled the ball into the paint four times. And he charged, he got called for a charge on three of them. And they were all good calls. Yeah. You know, and they, he was struggling with the shot. It was, it was, you know, yeah. He, he, he had a rough rough game. He had been playing well. We still wish we could sort of compartmentalize, you know, catch and shoot. Apparently he didn't listen Just to our last podcast. Just catch and shoot, He Ken. didn't listen to our last Just podcast. Just catch and shoot. That's all you have to do. Catch and shoot and occasionally dribble around the perimeter. He's kind of an okay perimeter passer. Um, he defended well on the last possession on the Childress uh, three-point shot. He actually had a bunch of good defensive yeah. uh, possessions long. down he's the stretch. Yeah. yeah, he's a problem on, on defense if utilized correctly. Um, having, like, missing the Zion piece sort of makes the overall defense less less prone to pick up steals and, and, and like, exact. Like, the pressure, the, the aggressive pressure we, we like to – you know, put on people this season without Zion there, and I guess maybe with you know Cam on the bench. There's just two huge, long, fast yeah. pieces missing, yeah. and it's just that that it looks like last year's defense. 
the year before. Well, I, I wouldn't. You know? I wouldn't go that far. But, but Zion, Zion is really, really important for the defense. It's not just that yeah. he's a, a crazy aggressive ball hawk going for steals, but he also erases mistakes on defense. Also, as a help defender, he's really good as a help defender. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think he's legitimately scary for opponents. Right? Cam Reddish, yeah. like Cam Reddish, Trey Jones, and Zion on defense, all disrupt people they're doing things they're longer than other players people come up against and they they, they legitimately throw people for a loop yep. a lot of the time yeah uh, without one or two of them on the court especially without you know cam and zion and then trey was missing part of the game i mean it was really like it was like a long yeah, he, novel he, of, yeah. a, of a basketball game he, he right? took a couple of hard falls <clears throat> where you know it, it could have gone a different direction and I Luckily think I think Marquise okay. had like a hip thing, and I and were, yeah, you, were, were you surprised at all that Zion wasn't back? I thought I was sort of surprised. It'd be nice to have him back for this game, ease back into the rotation, because it seems like he's not trending to play in the UNC game. But that would be a tough game to come back to if he's maybe not game fit. Um, you know, UNC is going to be sprinting up and down the court. It'd be a tough ask to ask a kid to come back and play against UNC, even though I'm sure he's more than game for it. I mean, gosh. First of all, I didn't, you know, I I haven't been micro-following, like, all the signals to see whether, you know. So I just sort of looked and saw he was out again. Um, I had a busy, pretty busy week last week. So I didn't really get to follow all the news that closely. There wasn't that much, I guess. Yeah. But I did watch Coach K's press conference after this game. He didn't rule him out. He said they'd make that call on Friday for the right. UNC game. But he right. said it was, it was unlikely. Yeah. Essentially, he said he's not in. He said something like, "The day of the Wake Forest game on Tuesday, uh, he had his first basketball activity on the court." So yeah. and that he was. I mean, he said he was out of shape. Essentially, has to get back in basketball shape. Right. What's it been? Two and a half weeks. You want to see? Yeah, that sounds about right. Two and a half weeks. So, I mean, he can't be that grossly out of shape, of course. But, you know, when you're used to playing every day. And conditioning, uh, and you you can't run on that knee yeah. for a couple of weeks. Of course, yeah. you're, you're going to come be confi- back. It's going to be a confidence issue in terms of cutting, doing what he's used to doing without really thinking know. about it, being instinctive about it. I don't it. know. I think they're just being careful, and like it's not like he's coming back from ACL surgery. Yeah. But but I do think that he has such great feel to his game, and you know, just like. Any anyone playing any sport that has to take a couple of weeks off, he he has a decent chance he'll come back just a little rusty. Right. Um, but you know, as far as like, oh, the UNC UNC is too fast, and then wow, we want to throw him into that gauntlet right away. I mean, come on, if he can play and he wants to play and he's cleared, he should play on Saturday. Well, let I mean, me throw this. This is the last you. chance to play in a yeah. Duke UNC game, aside from you know yeah. a, a tournament. Matching. I mean, we're sort of cheated out of Zion in a Duke UNC game. Yeah, we don't from get... a, from a selfish fan standpoint, which sort of sucks. Yeah, um, we go to UNC. If we lose, we're not even one of the top two teams in the ACC. Yeah, we'd finish third. We wouldn't be expected to beat UNC on the road without Zion. I don't think there's no chance we win. I think we have a chance. Yeah, I, but, yeah, um, I'm not saying that we'll we have get no into chance. the UNC I'm preview, just, but I'm just saying that would suck also. Yeah, it would, it would be a shame that we, we, Zion misses the last six ACC games, essentially. Yeah. And we finished third, and we, we might have finished first, or at least tied for first. Um, and, we, you know, I don't think it necessarily tarnishes 
you know, the season, like the results feel, you know, like there, there's an excuse built in a little bit. But, like, there's a real chance. And, Coach, you know, Coach K said after the game that he's probably going to come back for the ACC tournament. Yeah, but he said he would, he would be surprised if he wasn't back yeah. for the ACC tournament. But I got news for you. It's not 100%. It's absolutely – if he gets back on the court and he tweaks the knee a little bit, yeah. guess what? He's not playing. They're going to shut him down the rest of the year. Right? By he's day, done. you're talking about Zion's parents? I'm talking about – Everybody, Every, if, if, if there's any, if there's another issue with this knee when he tries to come back, yeah. I mean, we, we, we should be prepared for the possibility that he the, has played the Next time we much. see him, is going to be in a Chicago Bulls jersey or New York <laughs> Knicks jersey? Yeah, there's a chance he's not playing again. There's, you know, he, he might try to come back and it not work out. So this might be the team, these other guys, right, without Zion. R.J. Barrett, minus a few things here and there, he looks... Like, man, I love that guy. I'm glad he's on on our squad. Has there been a more competitive, like a just purely competitive guy, uh, in a Duke yeah. uniform? Like, can you think, who do you, who comes to mind? I mean, obviously Leitner. Yeah. Was you know the most competitive Battier. of all time. Battier. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah, Battier. I mean, for sure. Battier. All these guys are competitive. Jason Williams is competitive as hell. Everyone's competitive. Yeah. It it, it struck me in the. Um, but as a freshman, I, I think in the in the, in the in the Miami game, a, yeah, he went up for a dunk. His head was pretty close to the rim. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that. His ups are so high, and he's doing so much. I feel like he's being really marginalized. Um, why, why aren't they talking about him as a front runner for the Wooden Player of the Year? Like, why is he going on during the during the Wake Forest game talking about Zion being a Wooden Player of the Year candidate? Well, he is a Player of the Year candidate, absolutely. Yeah, but people aren't talking about it. People are talking about, oh, Zion's National Player of the Year, and when he goes out, our team's going to be affected. They're not saying, well, we have another Player of the Year right there who's playing great, who is getting. 28, 8, and 7. Every who, game. I don't know who these straw people are that you think aren't talking about RJ. RJ gets talked about. The, these straw people are like, like Coach K in his pressers is like, when you lose a national player of the year like Zion, then everyone else has to step up. I'm like, RJ Barrett is. He's also. He's, of that there's quality. a very high likelihood that he wins Wooden National Player of the Year, but I feel like everyone has crowned Zion, and I, I think that might be. Somewhat premature. Zion is just electric, right? Yeah. And he's he's sort of larger than life. Yeah. And R.J. Barrett is like, um, you know, yeah, like like Zion is um, is Ludwig von Beethoven, right? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, or no, he's he's if, Mozart. If he's if he's uh, Beethoven sorry. or Mozart, who's R.J. then? Uh, he's uh, that guy play you know guy won the Academy Award for the for Amadeus. Uh, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm I'm trying to follow. You never saw Amadeus? I think I did, but that was a long time ago, right? Yeah, RJ doesn't get the love, but you know he's Salieri to to Zion's Mozart. I'm, you know I'm, I'm, he's okay. just he's the lesser light. He's as great as he is. Yeah. He he's less exciting. He's got like. These like marginally marginal flaws, and Zion is like perfect. He's he's like uh, he's like 
There's nothing. Zion's definitely there's not perfect. nothing negative to say about him except but, but his what? three point shot isn't that great. Okay. But like, there's something about Zion. There's, there's it's electric. It's it's a phenomenon. Everyone loves to talk about him. Yeah. He's like Tiger Woods was as a young guy in terms of like his name. Everything about him, his image, is just incredible. He's he shines so bright that that it does it does drown out. The, te- the attention for RJ, but really all of college basketball. Yeah. Like, watch, yeah. you know, watch any of these, like, you know, shows on, on ESPN or Sports Center. The amount of attention Zion's gotten compared to the rest of the players in college basketball. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, to, it's, it's almost like Zion has trumped Duke, you know. Zion's playing UNC, Zion's playing Virginia, yeah. Zion's playing Syracuse. And that's great, but. I mean, I feel like, depending on how long his absence is, I mean, they're going to ding him a little bit for that. Um, RJ's been RJ's been pretty fantastic. He's been incredible. I mean, yeah. he put the team on his back. Yeah. That Wake Forest game, he was great Cam, in the Miami. Cam was gone. Cam, Cam, Cam struggled. Listen, Cam's been going missing here and there throughout the season. He's we had not, one scorer. Cam, Cam has had a couple games where he, he, he took the helm a little bit and and made a bunch of plays, but with with Cam on the bench, Trey Jones kind of like having another. Well, he actually had a pretty good game, but he's not the kind of guy who shoulders a big offensive load. Yeah, for right? sure. Jack White hit some threes, thank goodness. But yeah. but like Alex O'Connell, thank God. <laughs> my, my 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 kid Alex O'Connell, who's still efficient. He's obvious. You're right. He's not ready to step up and make a lot of plays. He just wants to make a play once in a while. They're all looking at RJ. Yeah. Every possession. Take the ball, RJ. Break him down, RJ. Maybe you create something for someone else, RJ. But yeah. it's all on RJ without Zion out there. And with a game like that from Cam. Yeah. And, and we're there was gut check. We were down 10. We were down point. 10. Yeah, I mean, there was still, there was still the 15, 16 minutes left. but We were down, down under five d- minutes. Yeah, down double digits can snowball. I mean, think back to the, Lu- the Louisville game. Yeah, like, We just got into a bigger and bigger hole. And RJ Barrett wants the ball every single time. Yeah. And I complained a little earlier in the season. Boy, that guy that guy wants to take the shot his, to a his, fault. his efficiency has really gone up. I mean, he's still struggling from three. He still shot over six from three. But... His efficiency, otherwise, has been fantastic. There's still a few His shooting of, percentage. Yeah, yeah. Um, Inside the yeah, three. Yeah, I remember like a third yeah. of the way into the season, he was shooting like 42, 43 percent from the field, but now he's shooting 46 ish, despite shooting pretty terribly from three. Um, and I know he was Coach K. was talking about how RJ was beating himself up over his free throw shooting, which you know, boy, it looked ugly it, last night. It could night. definitely cost us because. <laughs> yeah. What did he shoot? Six for fourteen or something like that. He had a, a lot of yeah, misses. Yeah, but he missed five. He missed five down, in a row down the point? stretch. He yeah, misses he... a lot of front ends of one on one. I really feel like that could cost us a really important game in March. Um, and another thing that he's doing, which I sort of like, is he's trying a little bit too hard to set up his teammates. I mean, I like the fact that he's trying to set up his teammates, but he's just not that good of a passer. He probably he had a ton of turnovers in this game. I think seven turnovers. Yeah, he's trying uh, too hard, a little too hard. Yeah, he he's not he's not a great he's not a great passer. Yeah, we can all agree on that. He's not he's not a true point guard in any in a sort of sense of the word. Uh, but 
when Zion's out on the court and Cam's out on the court, there's no spacing. There's no spacing. Nobody else is a threat to take someone off the dribble. So yeah. kind of Trey. Trey's sort of a better off-the-ball cutter than he is uh, a guy who's going to finish at the rim off the, from off the dribble. Doesn't yeah. happen too often. He did hit a huge shot when we were down 10 coming out of that timeout. A he three? stepped up and hit that three, Trey Jones, from yeah. the corner. But uh, but when the game, the, this game sort of laid it all out like clear. Without without those other guys, RJ is on an island, having to shoulder the entire load on offense, every offensive possession, and we needed every single basket he made. And you're right, from three since that Virginia game, which was kind of an anomaly, where he went six for ten. He's he's nine for thirty nine from three, which isn't That's like. Jack White level bad, but it's under twenty five percent. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> but it's, it's poor. It's poor. Yeah. But besides those shots, he's actually shooting like seventy yeah. percent from two. Yeah. And what I really notice, and this is a tough stretch of basketball, right? So against the best opponents, as the college basketball seasons worn on, he's I think valuing, valuing the. The efficiency of his own shooting more. Yeah, and I like and that. He's, I love right. it. He's playing great. He's he's getting better at sort of navigating traffic and double teams uh, yeah. as he needs to. I feel I feel but, like he's gotten a tad lucky when he does that, and he throw he throws up like um, like pop a shot type shots, both righty and lefty from the free throw line ish off balance, and a lot of those shots have gone in. I mean, he he must practice those. Because oh, yeah. it's it's really soft. It comes down soft and feathery, but I feel like, yeah, he's great. He's he's great. He's a warrior. We're lucky to have him. We need him right now. We are riding him. Okay. And on the defensive end, he's coming up big on the defensive boards. He is playing. He is. He's playing he on both ends of the court. Like, and he's playing. Played forty minutes last night against Wake. You know, <laughs> he played forty minutes and. You know, it, it was eleven for seventeen from inside the arc, so it it was it was an impressive effort. Uh, he almost had a triple double against Miami. Yeah, uh, in that Miami game, everyone played great. I mean, Trey yeah. shut down uh, that sex that really short point guard from Miami that I really liked last year. He's five foot seven. I love seeing kids who are that short excel at high level basketball. He shut him down for like one for twelve or one for fifteen. I mean, Sykes could not get anything going. Yeah, it was uh, really impressive. Trey Jones on defense is continuing to to just blow me away. You know, even you know, even when it doesn't kind of break his way and guys hit shots like last night, guys hit shots. Yeah, but Trey Trey disrupts so much. Um, it, it's very impressive. Yeah, it starts it with him. So what about Jack White, dude? Jack White. Thank God. Goes three for three Thank against God. Miami and then hits a couple last night against Wake. He even banked one in. Yeah, I mean, he went through a long dry spell. He's entitled to one lucky bank in. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew he was not that bad. We're still happy that he's taking the threes. Yeah. Um, and that's just a, I mean, I think that is going to be really big for us going forward because I still feel like he is a great rebounder, a very a plus plus defender. Um, yeah. Even though he made that knucklehead. Uh, he established position out of bounds for the inbounds. Then he stepped back onto the court to give the ball to RJ, and they, they whistled him for that. But 
Went, just just gloss right over that. Right yeah. at the end of the game. I thought we were going to get to that at some point. Let's come yeah. back to it. Well, Let's come back well let me... It. I just want to go to the point right after. Um, Childress misses the shot. Um, Wake gets the, the rebound. Jack is still contesting. He's got a hand up without fouling. I mean, that's an easy spot where, where you could foul um, the Wake Forest guy. He's playing pretty good defense. Yeah, he's a good defender. Yeah. I, I agree, he's a plus defender. I mean, he does... But so, he is not, apparently, you know, he, he does not understand, apparently, the rules of American basketball. <laughs> when when you somebody makes a shot, you take the ball, you step out of bounds at two feet, you can't then hand it to somebody else. No, you actually can. You can pass you, it to someone else. Yeah. If they come out of... They, they step right. off the court but he's, two feet he behind the back, baseline. Yeah, he stepped but back he, in. He just wanted to say, I never started. Yeah. Right? And so he... Hands the ball, tries to hand the ball to, to RJ. It was just a really. Str- I've never. I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. That was such been, a big spot. That would have been an epic way to lose a game. It, I mean, can you imagine would've. Jack White? I mean, he'd probably feel worse than the Chicago Bears kicker after that game if we had lost because of because of that. He would have felt bad, but for sure. And it was senior night. Right. Yeah. What, what happened to senior night? By the way, it's freshman night, right? It is. Like, <laughs> senior night is becoming a joke at Duke. Did you hear what Coach K said? He said. He said, we, w- he said we won because of you guys, the fans. You the, guys willed the ball to roll out. No, no, I meant about was, about senior night. Um. No. He said he wishes his he wishes it was last game night, and not senior night, because these guys are leaving. Oh, and, so he he wants to talk up the freshmen and people who might go early as opposed to Antonio Vrinkovic and Brendan Basser. But, like, who's in charge of the program? Why can't he make it last game night? Like, what's he talking about? He's like, I guess he was just saying it. He didn't really want to put any any, any work into changing the tradition. Yeah. But, um... I think next year's going to be different. Well, it, it really is unusual. It's really turned on its head. Senior night, when we were at Duke... It was special. It was a big deal. It was a special. I mean, it was people, a special thing for those up, seniors. You know, yeah. Tears. More Absolutely. than a few tears flowed. Speeches from guys that were that were good players. Critical. That had played four years. We got to hear Wojo. Jeff Capel, Wojciechowski, Chris Collins, you know, tons of guys. Yeah. Tons of guys who played their whole career, and now the whole career is four months, <laughs> right? And it's like Zion, at the end of Zion's Duke career here, what do they play? Eleven games at home, you know. Yeah, I don't have the number in front of me, but right. something like that. Um, oh. RJ fifteen or sixteen. So it's like you haven't ridden, you hadn't ridden the emotional journey of following these guys from young pups to, you know, veteran seniors. Um, so it's different. Like to me, that's what senior night ideally should be about. Um, what do you think of Coach K starting Rankovich? Surprised. Yeah, actually, very surprised because that's not something we do. UNC does it. Roy Williams does it. I don't think. Do you think he would have done it if it was against UNC? He must no. really have a lot of respect no. for him for being a leader on the team. I imagine Frankovich, but but he only started Frankovich. Yeah, um, like, actually, that's a good question. If it were UNC at home, I don't. I doubt it. He's just thinking Vrankovic isn't that big of a step down. We were a twenty-six point favorite. We right, should but have why, then why doesn't team. why doesn't the other guy start? Brendan Basser, yeah, is a walk-on. Vrankovic is a scholarship player. Okay, it's a but pretty Vrank- big difference. Vrankovic played no meaningful minutes, like five meaningful minutes, maybe ten all season. Probably okay. 
Yeah, like if you're gonna fair. start one, that's fair. Maybe start them both. I, 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 don't, know. Do I you, don't. Is there a class system between walk-ons and, and scholarship players? I guess it just feels weird. Like it was, it was, it, mi- it was mixed messaging to me. It did not feel weird to me. Like walk-ons, your duty is to just be cheerleaders, to be part of the guys <clears throat> in practice, to be part of the scout team. But if you're a scholarship player, I think that's different. Um, and granted. Drankovic is probably the lowest quality scholarship player we've. I mean, he's he's one of many, but it's it's, it's the bottom level. And so, yeah, if, if you're that and you stick, if you stick it out for four years, knowing that all these incredible guys are coming through. I mean, Drankovic has seen has seen them all. Yeah. Maybe you throw a dog a bone, give him three or four minutes. Well, you got zero touches. What do you have? One block and one rebound, and that was it. Well, I like that Carol. I like that Carolina does it right and. I tell you what I didn't like is I feel like he should have left him in until the first TV timeout. No, he, he, took, he did. He did. No, he did. He took him out before the TV timeout. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got three minutes officially on there, and okay. it was it was two and a half to three fifty, something like that. And I remember thinking to myself, oh boy, he could have could have just waited for that first TV timeout. That's what Carolina does. Right. Uh, because the messaging is like the values of the program. If we value our seniors. Even if they're walk-ons, even Coach, if they're terrible, Coach K values winning over all else. It's more important than than sort of like a couple of minutes of, but of of you know maybe maybe you lose a couple expected point value like in, in a game, yeah, one game out of the whole ACC season. Now it turns out this game was close, yeah. But I also thought Vrankovic, like he got. Um, what did he get? He got a rebound? Did he make a basket? He did not make he, a basket. He, he blocked a shot. Yeah, he had he, one thing on, on yeah, the set line. He blocked a shot, and the place went berserk, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's value to that. There's the shared experience of that. There's the way. And then after he took him out, the team was pretty flat. Um, now I don't think one thing's necessarily related to the other, but, yeah. you know, I'll just call it like I see it. I think he should have left him in longer. Maybe given him, like, a couple minutes in the second half at some point. I've been fine with that, even if it, you know, meant like a slight competitive disadvantage. Yeah. The spirit, you I, know. I sort of feel like Antonio Vrankovic. I'm sure he's a great guy, good locker room guy, good practice guy. I feel like Coach K this year has literally only used him as a messenger. He's sending a message to yeah. Javin Delorier: Get your act together, otherwise I'm going to play this guy in a few minutes here and there. Yeah. Which but, is you know well, a little just, bit sad, but he's still. Pretty good. I mean, I remember preseason. We're talking about he's this not guy's. That bad. This yeah, guy's sort of bad. like a, I don't know, not not like a Zubek, but uh, a Matt Christensen type. You know, just yeah. setting setting screens, blocks, rebounds, high IQ. Yeah. And to be clear, Vrankovic never had any expectations. He he wasn't like a top recruit. Like he's just like a program yeah. guy. He's one of two centers and, we have whose dad played multiple years in the NBA. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so senior night, it's a little weird now. It's a little weird when there's no seniors or even yeah. juniors that get minutes. Yeah. You know, like I guess Jack White's a junior. But Next, next year will be a little bit different. We'll have Jack, oh, Bolden. Jack, Jack White, Bolden, and Delorier if Bolden sticks around. Um, yeah, it'll be a little be bit more, but still, those three guys have probably a combined career starts of what? Under 20, right? Under 15? There's some starts in there, but yeah, you're right. Uh, even then... It will not feel like it used to feel. But those guys will have been on journeys, Bolden especially, yeah. I think, in terms of 
like the roller coaster of his expectations. Um, Trivia question for you. Yeah. Who was on Antonio Brankovic's incoming class? Incoming class, Brankovic. He was one of five members. So we're talking about three McDonald's All Americans and one reclassified up person. Uh, let's see. Jason Tatum's year was, they would have been juniors this year. Right? If we had our full complement yeah, yeah. of players, Wendell Carter, Mar- Marvin Bagley, Trey Duval, Gary Trent would all be sophomores. They'd all be sophomores right now, right? Right. Uh, junior, the juniors would be uh, Jason Tatum, Harry Giles, Marcus Bolden, Frank Jackson. Yeah. So who would have been the seniors? Uh... Okafor would have been graduated last year with with honors with uh, yeah <laughs> Ty, honors. Tyus and Justice Winslow. So who came between? Who's the forgettable class of people that you just stumped do, me do on? Do you need a clue? Uh, why can't I think of the headliner? Was uh, was LeBron try to trade him this year? I just remind I got a brain fart on air here. What's Give me one guy from Brandon the class. Ingram. Oh my gosh, of course. Brandon Ingram. Yes. I, I, I do believe he was also number one on your list for Duke freshman all time. He he was he was a baller, man. And he played That's, better and better down the stretch. Him. Okay. Who else? Yeah. Who else was on that squad? Gosh. This is a besides Ingram, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of star power, right? So we got uh, two other Mickey D's plus one re- reclassified guy. So Derek Thornton, yes, transferred. Yes, he reclassified up to come because we needed a point guard that year. He was like a late, late signee. Yeah, and uh, did we have other one and dones with Brandon Ingram? They were supposed. To, one was supposed to be. He came from here, Vegas. Oh my gosh, Chase Jeter. Chase Jeter. Yeah, Chase like Jeter, top twelve well, recruit. I don't know if he was supposed to be a one and done, but he uh, he totally fizzled. Um, he, he didn't play. He didn't play his freshman year. Came back for his sophomore year. And early indications were that he actually started He started a game at the, the, uh, Foxwoods. Also at and, the one in Vegas. Yeah, he played pretty well. Arena. Yeah, he played pretty well, actually, when he got spot minutes. Yeah. But he he transferred, I think, mid-season. Didn't he stop playing? No, he, no, he, he, stopped yeah, playing. he basically stopped playing and yeah. then transferred at the end of the season. Yeah. The last guy uh, scored more high school points than LeBron in Ohio. Oh, of course, uh, John, uh, uh, Luke Kennard. I've Luke, already forgotten Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard. Yeah. So, that, so, I mean, that that was the incoming class. Uh, it seems like a while ago. You know, it was only three years ago. It seems like an eternity ago. Yeah. Be- it's because we have so many guys who come in every year now. We just, we we sort of well, wipe the, the, the slate clean. For us personally, we were at the national championship game in the Final Four. That was a big season. We watched a lot of games together. 2015? Yeah. You're talking about? Okay. And then, you know, the next season happened. We weren't doing the podcast. And then we did the the, right. the first year of the podcast with the Jason Tatum, uh, Harry Giles, Marcus Bolden year. Grayson and Allen tripping. The Grayson Allen. And Kennard was on that team. But uh, all those guys we talked about basically haven't played much. You know, except that that one that we talked about on air. So uh, the, these other two years stand out to me. But yeah, man, what what an interesting sort of class that uh, Brankovic is the only one still. Luke Kennard would have been nice to have. 
that sweet scoring ability. Luke Kennard would be perfect on this team. <clears throat> perfect. Anybody can shoot over 30% from three would be very valued on this squad. Yeah. So if you could add one guy to this team. Zion, let's just say Zion. I think Zion's coming back. Yeah. But let's just say he yeah. doesn't. Okay. Yeah. So now you got Cam Reddish and RJ and Trey Jones and Jad and Jack White, Alex O'Connell. That you got the whole cast of characters, but no Zion. And you could go back from the last three years and pick one of these guys out to, to spot, you know, fill in the spot. Um, who would you go for? I mean, it's, I guess it's pretty easy to say the most talented guys. Like Brandon Ingram would be would be pretty good, or Jason Tatum would be pretty good on this team. But it does feel like somebody like like Grayson. Or Luke Kennard, like a, a guy who's a high yeah. percentage three-point shooter. Right. Um, I guess Brandon was, right? Brandon was. Not sure it was. it's reliable. I wish we had Gary I, I Trent think, on this team. I yeah, wish I Gary see, Trent had I stayed. I Trent, yeah. I mean, one year extra. I know he wasn't going to. It wasn't really a possibility. But Gary Trent, I think, would, would look fantastic on this team. Yeah. Yeah. I actually meant to ask you, now that Jack White's refound his stroke, do you think Coach K regrets talking Joey Baker out of burning his red shirt? I don't know. I don't. I, st- I still don't understand. The jo- Joey Baker didn't play one minute in the, in this game last night against Wake. And yeah. It would have been a very good spot to get him because they thought they were they were going to win this game pretty easily. It was clear. Twenty five point it was favorite. Clear we had a game on our hands the right, whole time. Right, but. First half, I just don't know why he's not. Why did he take the red shirt off, and why is he not getting any minutes? Like, what what's going on there exactly? What happened? Did I can only imagine that Joey it was, Baker it was a screw up on Coach K's part. <laughs> he overestimated the bench. He overestimated the shooting. He panicked a little bit. He went to Baker, and Baker's parents said, "I changed my mind. Would you care if you lost a year of eligibility?" and and maybe played for us a little bit here and there. And then now he's probably screwed up again and said, you know what, I don't need you this year. Well, I guess the question is, if, if Baker was good enough to, to motivate that kind of action, yeah. then why isn't he on the court? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, he's that, if he's good enough in practice to be playing, if he's playing well enough in practice to indicate to the coaching staff that he deserved, that he would help, then... Why haven't they given him a chance? He hasn't been on the court yeah. more than well, two minutes at a time. Right. Like, like they didn't even give him any run. In, in, and this is the only stretch of games where you really could. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's puzzling. My, my only not, thought is that, that Baker surprising. went to them and said, I don't want a red shirt. I'm not, you know, he must. He, that's my only thought. Because. I mean, it doesn't really matter who went to who. Well, if he just said, I'm. I'm not taking the redshirt season. I'm not interested. I'm not staying more than four years here. So it doesn't matter. And they're like, okay, well, we'll use you if we need you. And then Coach K was like, well, we'll stick him in for a minute or two. And that's it. Like, it's not that more interesting than that. Um, I like my version of the story better. Yeah, I I just have – it must be – Joey Baker went 5 for 11 from 3 in Canada. I I don't get why they're – yeah, I – the and, other thing and, I don't understand is yeah. all right, Zion's out, right? And you had you have a couple weeks here. Yeah. Uh, how are they not running screens for their shooters? 
I mean, there is almost there's only ball screens for the main ball handler. How are there? How is there nobody coming? How is Alex Ocano not running off of screens? How is I've been Jack White not running off question screens for for two years? More importantly, we're probably going to be asking ourselves the exact same question next year. How is Cam Reddish not getting getting plays run for him off the ball? Yeah, you know, I just even at halftime of this game. It should be like, all right, let's let's write up, let, let's do it, let's do. It. But instead, Coach K actually said he he stopped running sets completely yeah, for the at the end of the game. Yeah, um, the, the second half. And maybe maybe you know if you don't have anything that's working, it's better not to have anything. But or just uh, hey, RJ, do your thing. I don't know where these 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 big sets are coming from. That the the plays, it, it it just feels like it feels like we could use a second coach. Who actually Quinn Snyder draws up offense? Uh, Quinn Snyder and takes advantage of the strengths that you have. Yeah, yeah Quinn Snyder on the bench. I, I think it, you know, it would look a lot different. Yeah, I mean, Coach Gay said we stopped running sets. We, we did motion offense. Primarily gave RJ the ball. Yeah, they just and gave it. RJ the that's ball, it. and you know, you know, everybody kind of stood around and watched. You do your thing and space the floor. Yeah, go to the weak side, um, but. To the final thing on, on Joey Baker, Coach K is not going to play a lot of his bench anyways. Um, I, I feel like if O'Connell and Jack White were still struggling, then he might get a little bit more run, but you want to go with your more experienced guys is what I'm guessing. You know, Jack White does a lot outside of the shooting. I understand O'Connell. that. I understand that. It just feels like he's fucking with us. He's just trolling us. He's like, aha, this is going to be interesting. You're going to see Joey Baker. He comes off the bench. There's Joey Baker's music, and uh, actually, we're going to pull him right out of the game. I mean, I don't think and, that and was his it. intent, but <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of egg on his face because he he's yeah he screwed up like in two spots. It's it's very unusual. We're it's it's going to be one of these enigmatic things that happen. You're going to be like, remember when this happened? And it's going to make no sense ever. It's never gonna make sense. Uh, if he didn't want to have, if he didn't want a red shirt, then he he should have been getting spot minutes all year and developing. Yeah, as a relatively talented freshman, you know. Right. Um, you know, with some height and some shooting ability. Okay, dude. Uh, anything else we uh, we have in the docket? Uh, let's see. My outline: offense without Zion, R.J. Barrett, super beast, Jack White <laughs> hit some threes, but incredible brain fart. Alex O'Connell, still not assertive enough, but good to see him play and hit occasional shots. Uh, oh, my my f- sort of final point on the Wake Forest game. Did you, did you like me, go back after, you know, after the near heart attack of, of that, that ball rolling and watch in it and closely? out of the rim? Did you, did you hit pause on the, on the game clock? Versus it, when it left it, his hands, it did seem like the clock was going awfully slow. No, I don't mean when they started the clock. Yeah. But I was surprised we, that there was still time on the clock when the final Wake Forest player got off a shot. There was not time on the clock. Okay, there was not. The, did the we, refs clear it up? I also thought the refs well, was pretty bad. The well, there's game. nothing to clear up. The shot didn't go in, so there's nothing but to review. If it had gone gone through if, the net, if it had gone through the net. You would have been treated to a very, very dramatic finish where the refs came on the court and waved off the basket. And no one's talking about this? Because the TV, the, the game was over. They missed the shot. Yeah. 
Everybody clear off the court. Right. They've cut to commercial after recapping the, the dramatic win. And the guys in the truck didn't have to queue up the film. I mean, and they would have they would have shown you an image of the you know, that shot clock yeah. clock, you know, on the on the backboard being at zero dot zero zero. And the red light going and on. There was no red light in Cameron. There's no red light. I didn't know that. There, there's something. There's okay. something lights up, but you'll, the ball is still touching so his it, fingers. It wouldn't have counted. I don't believe it would have counted. Yeah. And you think no one's pointed that out because it makes for better sports center or TV afterwards to say, oh, Duke lost on this this rimming out shot? I saw a couple people pointed that online. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that show was very reminiscent. But there wasn't enough of, sort of TV time yeah. at that moment. Yeah, because they were cutting away to a different game. It was the right. first game. Yeah, yeah. If they had had more time, they would have they would have covered it and they would have shown you. That shot was sort of like Grayson Allen's shot against Kansas in the lead A game. That's yeah, it sort of reminded karma, karma <laughs> coming back. Like we get 50% of these, so we miss that one. We we, we, we get the, the benefit of the doubt on this one. But I, I Now, it would have been really close, but I do believe the ball was still touching his fingers. ball was still... Technically go, in his hands. I'll have to go back and check. Yeah, check it out. Let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, but it sort of doesn't negate the fact that Jack White made this incredible, ridiculous error yeah. and then also made a really nice play to challenge the shot just enough. Yeah, and if he didn't, challenge. And if he didn't challenge the shot, I believe the guy wouldn't, he would have released it a little quicker. And it would have counted. And it would have counted, right. Yeah. So give him credit for that. Um, he stays in the plays defensively. Yeah, no, he's, he's he's all in. Jack White's all in on, on an effort front. Uh, and then uh, that's it. I guess that's it. we got UNC coming up. We already talked about it. If if we don't have Zion, then it's sort of like playing with the house's money. Uh, but it would be an uphill climb uh, to try to get the win there. UNC's playing really well. Really well. Really well. You know who else is playing really well? UVA is playing The best team really in the country. Well. The University of Virginia. Yeah, they're. You saw that one game where um, their big three guys are just nailing everything from three. I think they shot eighteen to twenty-five. Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter are just killing, and they're still holding teams to very, very low scores. Um, it, it's incredible to me that that there's still mock drafts that have Cam Reddish above DeAndre Hunter. I saw one the other day uh, from Sam Vecini had had Cam fourth. And Hunter fifth, yeah. And like the comments on Cam are like pretty negative, and the comments on Hunter are glowing. It's like it's, this guy can play yeah. basketball, and that guy kind of he maybe, can. but he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, like Cam, it, it, it's watching him play all year. It, his talent is obvious. I feel like his he still has a lot of upside. Huge upside. He needs a lot of polishing. But. Boy, Sam, did you see him dribble the ball off his foot on that one possession and kick it every time? And it went right into Trey Jones' every hands, and he, time. he made it. He made a last-second layup before the shot clock. It's it. I wish did, all did season. Did he get credit for an assist? Good question. Good question. <laughs> he might have. Uh, I did. I did all season. I wish. Right. I wish I had kept track of like sort of positive plays versus negative plays when he does anything but catch and shoot. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty dicey. Pretty dicey. Yeah, it's crazy. We want Cam to not do a certain something, and we want RJ to not do the converse thing. Kind of, yeah. Imagine if you could flip those two guys and combine them. That'd be a powerful package. Um, I did notice that DeAndre Hunter's pretty old for being a sophomore. He's 21 point something. Um, yeah, he's he seems 
taller than what he's listed at. Is he 6'8", 6'9"? He's ranging. He's listed at 6'7". Six, 6'7", seven. Six, seven. and he seems powerfully built, and he seems like he can shoot the three. He's a heck of a defender. Right. And he seems to understand the game. And what's he shooting? He's shooting 48, is this right? 48% from three-point range? It's, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't seem... And all these Virginia players, you can actually amp up a little bit their offensive scoring because they, they slow down the game so much, they just have so 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 much fewer possessions than, say, yeah. Duke or UNC. I mean, I listen, I love Duke. I love the kids. I think Cam is a, is a, seems like a really sweet kid, right? Yeah. Seems like a good good teammate. Uh, I think, you know, I, just, I think Zion and RJ are going to be very good in the NBA. And I don't think Cam is going to be, but I do th- I think he could be. It's possible. I just, I, I, I think he's just a. He's gonna have to get stronger. His handle's gonna have yeah. to greatly improve, and he's got years to work on it at yeah. his age. So we still, we still. There's just yeah, we've seen so little of them. You know, it's tough to come to hard conclusions. You remember we were talking about Marvin Bagley versus Wendell Carter. Now people are trending more on Bagley, Bagley you know, Bagley. despite him getting injured at the tail end. They're saying, "Well, this guy's playing like an animal." Well, we always thought. I mean, we always thought he was the T Rex. He was the most talented, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was doing things that were incredible. Yeah. Right. But Cam Reddish is like occasionally making making some shots, occasionally like having a sick looking drive, or very pretty consistent on defense. But it. it it's not like he's achieving at the level Marvin Bagley was achieving at last year. We right. were expressing doubts about Bagley. Um, Cam, I don't know, really. Big range. <laughs> yeah. Big range. Way, way, bigger, way bigger range on the downside than Bagley. I thought, worst case, Bagley is going to be just a very effective offensive player in the NBA and not a very good defender. And apparently he's, he's, he's doing well. He's learning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. He's a smart guy, and he's... You know, obviously uh, a hard worker. So, proud of Bagley. Um, Carter's been out a lot. Yeah, he had some type of hand or yeah. wrist or something. I think Carter's going to wind up pretty, pretty, pretty good. You think know, so? He's a pretty good player, yeah. I think they're both going to end up being, like, just guys that are in the league a long time and good players. Yeah. Um, it's sort of hard to do that, even if you're super talented. Can we you know? talk real quickly on Kyrie? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm gonna let you have the ball. Should this guy just not just stop talking? Is he the worst? He might be the worst. He is. He's He's so bad. He's been pretty poor at handling sort of his 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 uh, sort of the messaging. Like if he was a politician, yeah, you know, you'd you'd dock a lot of points for his inability to stay on message and like you know ride good press coverage and not encourage bad press coverage. Yeah, but like. The thing I like about Kyrie is that he kind of keeps it real. To like, himself. He's moody. Yeah. Like, he's a human being, and he's being human, right? I mean, but I, like, I cringe almost every time he says something. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, pretty brutal. It's like, like <laughs> Kyrie, I mean, you have to have a PR guy. Just somebody to just polish you up a little bit. You're you on know? the Celtics this season. Whether you're coming back or not, you know, you have to recognize you said some stuff before the season. Yeah. You didn't have to say that stuff. You didn't. <laughs> right? Like, and you can just 
just say, look, I'm not going to talk about the offseason until later. I love being on the Celtics. I'm working hard to make this team as good as we can be. And that's all he has to ever say. But, but then people are, are, in addition to all that, they're saying the team does not perform well when he's playing with them. It's crazy. Even though he's crazy efficient when he plays. He's practically a 50-40-90 guy. I know, which is crazy. Right. Which and, is like the holy grail almost the trinity of stats. But the team seems to play better when he's when he's out, when he's when he's not suited up to play. That it's it, it, it's possible that that's it's possible like that a, they all that, hate him. That, that, that's that they hate true. him. There's <laughs> real, like Jason Tatum hates him. Well, it's possible that there's real causation there, right? Yeah. And a story came out by the way that Tatum was like his only guy he hangs out with on the team, right? It seems to be a trend but, wherever Kyrie goes, right? Two times now, it's it's happened where there's been some reports about time. him yeah, isolating he's, he's himself from the teams. team. Yeah, yeah, they're saying he's isolating from the Celtics team as well, and they left Cleveland after those stories came out. And maybe it means this is just kind of what he does. He, cl- like, he clams up when he knows he's going to leave. Yeah, maybe he has trouble like you know building friendships and being being with people when he knows he might he might he really wants to leave. Or something, but uh, but it could just be that he's he's just a you know sometimes a little antisocial like like all of us yeah you know like he doesn't get to he doesn't get when you're the leader of a, of a huge you know on the court off the court kind of player leader more is put on you to sort of seem like a leader all the time right especially when you've asked for it and sort of embraced it yeah said this is my team and I mean talks down about his teammates calling them these guys don't know you know like they don't know about the playoffs or the NBA um, championship series hitting hitting game shots even though they went to game seven the Eastern Conference Finals without him you know, what, you know what it's like you, and he's talking down to them just like LeBron talked down to him he should know that that's something he shouldn't do yeah Le- LeBron sounds like sometimes if you if you know the guys that put themselves out there more and actually say things, they're sticking their neck out yeah. to some extent. And so, like, the safest thing to do is just never stick your neck out, right? Never say anything that can come back at you. Yeah. Never say anything that might be interpreted as hypocritical, right? When I started playing No Limit Poker here in Vegas with you, you came to me, like, a few sessions in. You go, like, listen, you're sticking your neck out all, all the, the time. time. Every right? hand. Every hand you told me I was sticking my neck out. like, like, And you are like... You explained to me how that was sort of bad fundamentals. Because poker is about sort of like staying under the radar and making your move when you got it, right? And Kyrie can't help, I think, but kind of stick his neck out. And, you know, because he, I think he sort of enjoys being emotionally honest. And he just shouldn't be, right? <laughs> he just, he just shouldn't be. But ultimately, ultimately, I'm, I'm, I, I sympathize with him. Right, it sort of makes me like him more, not less. That he keeps kind of making these types of mistakes, um, and I, I know, know he's not perfect, right? Yeah. But the guys I really like the most aren't perfect. They screw up. They say things wrong. I put my foot in my mouth, you know, occasionally as well, because I'm human. But I'm not on that stage that he is. I don't know. He just—I mean—he rubbed me the wrong way when he exited Cleveland the way he did. He rubbed me the wrong way in Boston, and even now, how it's trending. I mean, I'm more partial to, like, the Al Horford types. You know, just show up every day, 
do your job. Yeah. Don't do don't don't cause any controversy. You know, you don't ever hear Al Horford saying, you know, these guys don't know. These kids, they just don't know. Yeah. And who's Kyrie to say that? He's 26, 27. I mean, Kyrie said something about he just wishes he could just play basketball and not have all this attention. And, you know, he started in a hit movie last year. It's like, it seemed, and then it's just made for people putting on Twitter the one comment with, like, Uncle Drew. And it's like, what are you talking? And LeBron did the same thing. Yeah. He's talking about how he just, everyone just needs to focus on basketball. Right. Just, like, drop the rap track and it's like making a TV show for... You know the barbershop show, but it's um. I think I think it's just very difficult if you're in that kind of spotlight, and if the Celtics were winning sixty five games this year, nobody would be talking about. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I you saw know, against like, the Golden State game, they're only like six or seven games behind Golden State, so it's not like they're being terrible, but it just seems like that they're a train wreck, and Kyrie's like the main culprit. It's expectations. His, it's, not, it's not Kyrie his playing, but his interactions with the team. You know. Yeah, Kyrie's numbers are, are good. I mean, the on-off court stuff, there there may be something there, but there may not. Like just because there's correlation, doesn't mean there's causation. There yeah. just doesn't doesn't yep. mean that. Um, Terry Rozier in last year's playoffs shot like sixty five percent against the Seventy Sixers, right? <clears throat> shot like fifty over fifty percent from three. Yeah. During the playoff run, so like, and he's like. Maybe a better team defender than Kyrie. Right. So, like, if you're comparing these Celtics to those Celtics, and you're like, well, this is a step down, actually, with Kyrie, because nobody shoots 50% from three. Kyrie's shooting 40. You know? Yeah. It's like, you have to be careful with how you sort of use these stats and, like, think about that. Obviously, Kyrie is a, is a, one of the best guards in the, in the league. He just yeah. is. Yeah. You know? Uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the Celtics have still have a very good chance to to make a big run. It's just the East is so stacked yeah. with those those four teams. They yeah. just seem loaded and like they're all going to be disappointed. Only one of them is going to get to the finals. Everyone's going to be disappointed. Yeah. And let's bring that back to college basketball. Everyone's going to be disappointed April sixth or seventh, whenever the title game is. Um, we have UNC. Then to win the ACC tournament, we have to beat probably both UNC and uh, Virginia. Yeah, we could get you. We very likely could get UNC twice in the next week. Oh, I think that's a lock. Well, it's a lot. It's only a lock if they don't get upset in the uh, quarterfinals. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. We're going to be the two and the three seed most right. likely. Right. So if we both sort of win the quarterfinal yeah. game, that's a tall task. For us to win the ACC tournament, even with Zion back. Yeah, I mean, if at the end of the season we haven't beaten, if we if we lost two games against UNC, what about three games? What about three? How would you feel about or, three games? Yeah, or three, or we didn't lose, didn't win the ACC, yeah. and we don't go to a Final Four. We're always going to talk about the season <laughs> in a certain way as like what could have been. Yeah. Um, Elton Brand was just on the Woj podcast. Yeah. And he got into Woj asked him like a couple of kind of tough questions about. Hey, when you come back to Duke, do you just does it, do it eat you up inside? There's no banner that you're, you're yeah. you know, he had one of the great Duke teams in '99 with yeah. Corey McGetty and and Shane Battier, and they weren't even starting, right? Like uh, Trajan Betty was starting. Trajan Carwell, Nate James on that team, uh, Chris Burgess, yeah, Will Avery was huge on that team. Uh, probably missing somebody, but uh, it was just a loaded roster. Uh, we only lost two games all year, one of them in the finals in a tight game against UConn where I thought UConn played 
they just incre- play incredibly well. They yeah, they played sort of at the top of the range. I thought we played sort of towards the mid mid mid, mid to low. bottom mid yeah, low. mid low of our range and we we lost a close game and uh, I thought Elton I I mean I love that Elton kind remembers of remembers a few sequences. He he recapped a few se- sequences. Like specific yeah. moments that he can't get out of his mind. He said he dreams about like the steal he almost got on a pass to Rip Hamilton and then Rip hit a three. It was like a huge momentum shift. It it's extended like, from three to six with just a few minutes yeah, left. He said his fingers touched the ball as it went by. Like if he had gotten that steal and gone down the court, it would have been different. But um, yeah, he talked about that one transition sort of layup or basket he made, and then he put an extra little bit of mustard while he sprinted back on defense. I mean, that was very vivid for me. It was yeah. like maybe three minutes left in the game. He makes that bucket. It cuts it to a one-possession game, and he's sprinting back. I'm like, man, I feel like we're finally getting our act together. We're going to win this game. UConn just had it that day. Yeah, you, it, it, yeah, UConn just made it was, a bunch yeah. of winning Rip, plays. Rip and Khalid Alamine, they they just had it. Well, and uh, Ricky Moore. Ricky Moore yeah. played the the, first de- half. the defense on uh, on Trajan. Yeah, right. but he also had a really big first half offensively, which came out of nowhere because he was a defensive specialist. Yeah, he was like a Marcus Smart kind of guy who who had a very good shooting game against us that game. Uh, so what I what I really love though is it's twenty years later, right? Like we're coming up on the anniversary of that game in April. Yeah, and it I love that it still eats Elton up. I love that he says he still dreams about it. He went back to that moment so quick. I love that he hates it. You know. Like yeah, yeah. It, it just and he, Woj asked him, "Hey, is college basketball you know is college basketball even matter anymore? One and dones are about to be over, and you know he was sort of like vaguely referencing the, the idea like should Zion Williamson even be playing, right? And Elton's like, no, it does it did matter to me, you know. Right. I spent two years becoming, and he said, not just growing as a player, he said growing as a man. He said being around Coach K affected him, being around the program, being around Duke, living in a real dorm, you know, I, I, you know, his answer was kind of short, but I thought pretty important. Um, made me feel better about Duke basketball. Yeah. You know, even though he also had sort of this like other story about people being upset he was leaving as sort of yeah. Uh, do, do, did you remember that story? There was this vague story of a, a, a girl, a Duke student. Yeah. wrote an op-ed piece or something about how he was betraying Duke or she, and, and he, the college program. The way he recalled it like is that. someone sent him an email. Maybe it was an op-ed and then he replied. Yeah. Uh, he wrote but something I, I definitely remember article. something like that happened. What, what upsets me a little is that I, I think he has a more nuanced perspective, but it sort of comes across that like everybody at Duke was mad at Elton Brand about... For leaving? For sort of cracking the egg, for being an underclassman. A sophomore that left because it wasn't yeah, but it see, wasn't just him it it absolutely wasn't just him that year it was will yeah. avery and Corey mcgetty they left early that year uh but i don't i remember being disappointed those guys were leaving because you wanted them selfishly to stay longer yeah but i don't remember being at all mad about elton brand leaving i mean it felt it made sense that he was leaving it didn't make as much <sighs> sense at the time that will avery was leaving Right, I mean, or why the, not? or the at the time it didn't make yeah. as much sense because because there was this like conventional world. wisdom yeah, about like world. he needed to get better in college before he got to the pros and look Will Avery washed out yeah. of, of the NBA had a good 
pro career in Europe. But uh, it's, I, I just, I, I, it rubs me the wrong way. I don't want him to remember the fact that, oh, everyone hated that I left, you know. But I don't think that was the case. I think like, for Elton Brand, the feelings were always warm. And yeah. he was pretty yeah. pretty beloved. Um, Absolutely. And then when he wrote that thing, I remember people being like, heck yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he wrote a response in the Chronicle, the, the Duke paper? I guess so. Maybe? I guess so. Okay. Or maybe maybe that's how I remember it. But now that I hear him talk about it, I just like, you know. I mean, I enjoyed his re- recounting of his interaction with Coach K after his freshman year because he said his intent was to be one and done. Um, and Coach K saying, look, you're slipping a little bit in the draft. You're like mid-teens. If you come back, we're going to go to the Final Four. You're going to be an All-American, and you're going to be a top three pick. Which, as it turns out, was true, and he was the number one overall pick the following year. Um, but, you know, Coach K is in such a tough spot right then because he's probably telling the truth, but it's it, people's interests are in different. They, yeah. they, they're different. You know, well, Coach, Brandon, Coach bro- K he had broken, wants him back. Had, you know, It's good for Coach K and for Duke for him to come back, whether or not what he's saying is true or not. So I just, you know, I had yeah. this passive-aggressive um, approach to Coach K. I... I like I like that he recounted that and it and it what Coach K said that it worked out yeah that it worked out yeah it worked out and uh, yeah it was it was it's a good little little nugget in Colonel there um, and Elton Brand's one of those guys that generally kept his head down and said all the right things his whole career yeah, yeah. you know he's a team guy and look he's, he's he's a GM of a of an NBA team he's still saying the right things yeah. Um, the but, craziest thing in that interview, he said, I wanted to go to the Clippers and play with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson because they were doing these crazy alley-oops and like crazy handshakes instead of going to this other sort of, was it the Wizards or the, I think it was the Wizards. He's like, I was afraid of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was like bigger than life. He's, he scared me. Well, he had to live in Michael Jordan's shadow a little because he because was he went to the Bulls, yeah, to the Bulls right after Jordan yeah. left. But, you know, maybe he just heard that Jordan was an asshole. Yeah. You know, and by the way, UNC guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know what? I, I, big game against UNC. Big game for just spirit. Like, strategically for the season, like, we're going to be seated one or two in the tournament. You know, if Zion doesn't play, we're not expected to win. But this game at UNC means a lot to me. Every time we play North Carolina, it means a lot to me. You know, I want benches to burn. Do benches burn anymore? Even if they don't, Probably I want not. benches yeah. to burn in my mind, right? I, this is, I want it for the kids at Duke. I want it for the players. I, I want revenge for I would the game two weeks him. ago. I would love to beat them twice in the next week and a half. Um, I would like to extend a very heartfelt warm wishes to Roy Williams. He, he took a knee like a week ago from um, Vertigo, um, which is like the second or third time that it's happened. I mean, these guys should not be coaching at their age. I mean, they should just shut it down. He's 68, 69. I wish everyone the best health-wise, but... Uh, I mean, that's scary. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. You know? Of course. You know, Coach K has had a lot of health issues. It's a, It's got to be the one of the most taxing jobs. Absolutely. It's the, It's not easy. It's easy for us to come and just talk about this for an hour every, every week or two. I love that's it. That's for sure. And love watch it. the games. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I, I hope I hope we get we get some more Zion. I hope when he comes back, he's he's okay. He's himself. I hope there's no more issues. We don't have to worry about health. 
for the players the rest of the year. You know, we've had a few scares. And uh, I hope this team can, can kind of get there uh, because it could be, it could still be super special. It's been special for part of the season. Could be. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, prayers for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. And, uh, go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Eat shit. Eat shit. Yeah. Eat that shit.